Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Hey, just a quick message to let you know that this episode was pre-recorded and using Zoom and you'll know that technology is not my strong point. So the audio sounds a little bit glitchy to begin with. And once again, I could not edit it. So I'm glad that it was a good one take wonder. Um, But 2022 is going to see me up level my tech skills. Okay, I promise you. I hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Law of Attraction Change My Life. Today I have a guest. He is a podcaster, mentor, a simplicity coach, which I fucking love. And he's an author with his debut book, Discovery of Less, How I Found Everything I Wanted Underneath Everything I Owned. It is, of course, Chris Lovett. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing? You're right. I'm good, thank you. Well, we were just saying before we started recording this, I feel so, so busy. And then I felt like I can't say that to you because you're like the anti-busy person. You're like the simplicity coach. And then I was like, this is perfect. This is why we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the law of attraction, right? We were supposed to meet and talk about this stuff. Um, yeah, everyone says that to me. They've been like, I'm a bit, uh, I don't really want to tell you how busy I am because like it's the, you're the Mr. Anti-Busy uh, 
I'm really not. Don't worry. I'm just a normal guy. I get busy too. Well, I've never heard of a simplicity coat. I love that. What a nice, like, name. I know. It's all right. I made it it up. I made it up. Um, I I can tell, and I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's it's just one of those things. It's just a bit like, you know, you can have your life coach, you can have your, you know, your sports coach and all that stuff, but they are all generally focused on what more can I do to achieve the things I want to achieve? And there's not really many people going, what less can I do to achieve the things I want to achieve? And so that's just the angle that I come at it with. I find a lot of people are busy doing a lot of the wrong things. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not doing the right things. And that's what I find the law of attraction, especially as I'm a single mother with three very young children. And, um, And so a lot of my listeners are the same and they're like, I wish I had time. I wish I had time to do what you do. I wish I had time to read a book a month. I wish I had time to write my gratitude list in the morning. I'm like, bitch, you've got fucking time, okay? You have got time. You're just spending your time on the wrong things. And people that have the audacity to say to me they don't have the time when they've got no children, all they have is a cat. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you don't get to say that to me, okay? (laughs) So that's why I think decluttering goes quite well with the law of attraction because you're basically getting rid of all the shit you don't need so that you can fill your life with what you do need, right? So tell me where this started for you how did this journey start yeah um I think maybe 2016 2017 is when I kind of realized that my life was just full so basically what you were saying there Fran is like every day was full I was always busy working ridiculous hours and my home was just like a storage box because I just bought a load of shit that I didn't need over decades so everything that, you know, all my music collection and films, clothes was the worst thing. Um, it was just you know, my home, my place of calm was adding to the continued stress because it was just always full and my life was just full. And uh, yeah, so all these aspirations that I had, like I wanted to go traveling or wanted to learn guitar or wanted to do all these other bits and pieces, I never had time to do. And I was always in debt, you know, didn't have any money, didn't have any time, but I had all loads of stuff. And uh, and one yeah. day I thought, well, what can I do to actually try and take an active part in my life rather than just be pulled along and drift, you know, and just let life take over, really. And and part of that was just to to walk away from from my job and um, and sell off pretty much everything that I ever owned, and and it then allowed me to do the thing that I wanted to do, which was go travelling and go on adventures and, and do different bits and pieces. And only then did I realise, I, I fluked it, right? It was a fucking fluke, right? I didn't, I wouldn't watch anything. I didn't listen to any TED talk and then take action. It was the other way around. I, you know, stumbled across that I had to get rid of some stuff to earn some money to pay for a fucking flight to Copenhagen. And once I realised I didn't miss the stuff that I just sold, I was like, well, what else do I not need? I've been clinging on to for so isn't long. it? Oh, it's unreal. When you start and, uh, selling it, you're like, what can I yeah. sell? My well, mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You start to get all the short term rewards like money, space in the home, and you're kind of, oh, what can I fill that void with? Mm. And your initial default is so well, I can buy newer things or I can bring other things in. But actually, that whole space gives you your time back to think you can be more creative you can spend better time with the people you want to spend that time with and and do other things and so that's basically what happened you know 2017 you know got on the old music map and uh yeah started selling off all the stuff and then since then it's just been a 
a roller coaster of adventures and amazing experiences and and, and a book <laughs> ironically yeah what a time to be alive so discovery of less in this book it says that you um had a like a defining moment when you were stuck in traffic where you just decided that's it and what was that because oh, yeah. I didn't read that far I'll admit no, most, people, most people don't most people don't no, read the it actually like, that's it <laughs> do. no do you know what I was looking through this research just before but I think I did say to you when you sent it to me like I do a book club so I read a book a month and for someone with two babies a book a month is already my top upper limit but yeah yeah if we do this in our book club one month, which people love it, you'll sell 2,000 copies straight off the bat. We sell off Amazon sometimes. Like sometimes if we do a book, you can't buy it on Amazon for like two, three weeks. I'm really? just saying. Well, I'm just saying. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. That is nice. I did a book club the other night, actually. Um, and it was, I think it was about three hours long. It was, oh. it was, it was intense. It was, it was great. Oh, like a traditional old fashioned yeah. book club where you get yeah. up and have wine and, well, it was a virtual. Was it for your book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did a, I did a bit of a reading and um, answered loads of questions on it and stuff, and basically just did like a whole, almost like a behind the scenes thing. Like, why on earth did I write the book in the first place? Because I, you know, here's a, you know, a quick fact is that I failed English when I was at school. Right, so part of that mental clutter was the old stories I was telling myself that I couldn't do certain things. Right, and so you know, went to college thought oh, I'll do media and I'll do English and I'll be, I'll be I'll be able to write and I'll be able to be a journalist and I failed because <laughs> you're like 17 18 you're not supposed to you, know, you don't really know what you're doing then but um yeah. so forever I just assumed that I was a bit crap at writing until I started yeah, writing right. again and um you know realized that that had been one of the stories that I was telling myself for so many years I couldn't do certain things and, and going back to your question about you know, sitting in that bit of traffic is that sometimes you know, sometimes life forces you to stop you know to get off the treadmill mm. and um yeah it was just a really weird weird moment when I'd, I'd just gone for a hike in in Sedona and I'm in this traffic jam and I'm looking at all this like beautiful scenery and I'm like oh god this is a big cliche <laughs> and it literally I've just turned down the radio and I just had nothing no no negative thoughts I didn't have anything to do that evening there wasn't like a to-do list that was going through my head all the time it was just me in the car stopped with just all this scenery and I'm like right okay I can this is what stopping feels like and it's calming and it's relaxing and I was like why don't more people just stop why don't we why don't yeah. more people do this and stop and it took me a traffic jam and years and years to realize that actually if you stop you're able to kind of just take in present a little bit more in terms of that. So, uh, so yeah, so stuck in traffic, there's nothing else you can do other than stop. You know what I mean? Do you so. know, another thing that I think is very similar to that, that has forced a lot of us to stop is this goddamn pandemic oh, that yes. has forced <laughs> so many people. And in fact, that was one of my notes that I wrote down was before the pandemic, I feel like my life was so complicated, but it was, I loved it but it was very stressful and it all was very carefully hinged on different things. So I would spend like three days a week in London. I had an apartment in London, but I'd Airbnb it. So I'd have to like wash all the sheets and then I'd get a cleaners come in and do it. Then I had a salon in London. So I'd have to go and work like 14 hour days in the salon. Then I'd have to get the train back up to Lincolnshire where I live with my daughter. And 
people will be like, I can't believe you travel down and do that every week. And it's like, it's fine. It's fine. I fucking love it. I love it. But if a train was late or if an Airbnb messed up, it would literally, everything would be thrown off. So it was a very like finely balanced, but quite a busy, like there's a lot moving parts. Then of course the pandemic hit and everything stopped everything. And then I was just stuck in this little house up here and I just thought, what on earth am I going to do? And then I found out I was pregnant with twins and I thought, The lifestyle I have now, traveling up, down, up, down, on the train, doing Airbnb, how the hell do I do this with three children? It's going to be impossible and had a little bit of a breakdown. But you know what? Having that stop of the the pandemic of just everything, almost like a reset button, almost like switch it off, switch it back on again. Now I'm in one spot for now and my flat is ringed out long term. I actually have no real desire to go back at the moment. I sold my, I didn't sell my salon. I gifted it to someone reluctantly got rid of my salon which I never thought I'd do yeah, yeah. and now I'm just in one spot in this beautiful village and I podcast from home and I would never ever 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 have done that if it hadn't been for the pandemic essentially forcing me like yeah. it would never have happened and I struggled along with that busy life so basically people probably need to find their their break don't they whether it's finding themselves yeah. pregnant with quadruplets or or a pandemic can we have another pandemic just for the benefits (laughs) (laughs) or something like that isn't it like you just need something to just reset you yeah yeah and and that's it and that's it I think that the key word is that is reset and uh you know sometimes it happens to us we don't have a choice like the last 18 months two years whatever but I've got this feeling now that I don't think we have to wait for something else to tell us to stop we've now got an opportunity to be more present and stop ourselves because um because yeah I, I i i write a book about like sometimes we have these big traumas or these big events happen um you know whether it's like a loss of a family member or you know we go through health issues or you know something something big happens and then we reach a bit of a crossroads and then we make a change you know we stop smoking or you know whatever it is and it's interesting because that never really happened to me but it was lots of tiny little things that were starting to build up and build up. And it's what I like to call like the, it's like the Basil Fawlty effect. So remember in Fawlty Towers, like within that half hour episode, loads of little things just started to go wrong. And the further you went into that episode, the further Basil lost his mind and like yeah. grabbed a, grabbed a tree branch and smashed the shit out of a car. And so <laughs> and it's almost like those little things start to happen. And if you're a bit more, if you're aware, self-aware and intentional and, you can see these things happening and I'm kind of like, okay, well, I need to wrestle back control and, you know, stop doing this or let go of that or do more of this and, and yeah, just, uh, and reset. So, so yeah, yeah, sometimes it happens to us, but I think we've got a really good opportunity now to take it back control and hit reset we when have- we want to. Well, yeah, like you say, you just did it. You decided one day to sell everything you own and take yeah. a sabbatical and go traveling with your, is it your girlfriend or your wife? Yeah, girlfriend. Your yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Hayley. Um, nice. And yeah. so was that, I have read part of the book, thank you. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> um, so how was that whole experience? How did it change your life? Because, I mean, travel, it just, and it's so, such a fucking cliche, but it does just broaden you, doesn't it, so much? It just makes you realise, like, this is the fucking world. Like, this is it. What can I do? So what how, What did that do for your life? When you came back, how did you change your life from that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was almost a bit like, someone had dialed me up 
from standard definition to high definition. Um, oh. It's been like living in my bu- little bubble in South London, you know, with the same, same uh, industry, same job, sitting in the same office in the same seat with the same computer, doing the same things. And um, all the time it kept me in that um, kind of little safe zone. Um, and it's comfy, right? The comfort zone is like, we'd love to hang it's out easy. in the comfort zone. Oh, man, it's just put your feet up, chill out, but nothing grows there. And so, um, yeah, I literally just yoinked myself out of that into different cultures across the world and, you know, realised that, you know, these little scary moments, I could actually achieve so much more if I stepped out and did different things. And, um, and yeah, all these kind of you know, going travelling and quitting a job and starting something else would never have entered my mind because you know why do you why do you quit something you were successful at you know you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily do that and uh so yeah it was a bit disruptive and, and after I came back I was a bit like well I can take on the world I can achieve anything that I want and that kind of, kind of level of confidence is different and I always remember a mate of mine who I was out drinking with last night actually he didn't he didn't come up with the poignant uh <laughs> statement last night but um he did the other day we went, well yeah, the other year when I started writing a book and he was like when you come back from traveling everything will be different he goes but when you come home you'll see nothing uh, you would have changed everything else will be the same so you'll come back your house will be the same your parents will be the same but your view of the world will be completely different and it will change right and so I came back with this completely really disruptive mindset going right I'm going to fucking break things I'm going to you know this doing more malarkey doesn't work for a lot of people anymore it's all about doing less and so so yeah so I started my own business I wrote a book and you know became a speaker and did all of these things that I'd never imagined that I would do and it was only because I decluttered let go of all this stuff went through this strange experience and then globetrotted for a bit and come back so literally hit reset and started again and and yeah, and basically redesigned my whole life the way I wanted it to be, not the way that it had happened. You know, because we, yes. we fall into a job that just generally pays for our nights out, and then we stay there, and then that becomes a career, and then all of these things happen to us. And I was like, well, I don't want that anymore. I want to make it happen myself. And so, yeah, so architect of your own life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because you're right, these things do just happen, don't they? And it's like the same way that. You think if you're born in this country, you're most likely to be a Christian. If you were born in Saudi Arabia, you'd be a Muslim. Like that's just something that's happened to you. That's not a conscious decision you've made. And I mean, I'm from Essex where when you get to 18, the majority of people, you just get on that fucking church street line and you go into London and you work in some shitty office and you just do an office job like that. And that's, that wasn't a conscious decision I made. That was just, that's just what we all did. And it's like, how many people go through their lives? And I did for a long time, just being like, oh, well, this is how it is. And even it's so bizarre, but not making conscious decisions of this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to achieve with my life. And I think so many people, it's scary. Like they don't, they don't even think about it. I mean, obviously not anyone listening to this podcast because they are bitches, but a lot of people. And don't you find that actually there's sometimes a bit of a disconnect between family and friends like because how do you find them? because I certainly find the more that I go on a self-development journey and the more that I enter this space the harder I find it to deal with family and friends that are still back in the other place 
Yes. Give us some advice on how you deal with those fuckers. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, um, because I need yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sort of love them from a distance, I suppose. Um, so, so yeah, there, there's, you know, my, my, my folks didn't understand um, that leaving the job you're good at and selling off everything you own was a good decision. They thought I'd lost my mind. You know, mental breakdown what, yeah the, you know traditionally you'd think well, something's wrong um and so for them it was strange but for me it was freeing because it was basically all of this stuff had created this identity that i had latched myself onto and i was like i live in south london i do this this is this is who i am but actually that like we were saying earlier it didn't it wasn't my design it was just stuff that had happened um and yeah, uh, so I've slowly got my parents into kind of recognizing that the stuff inside their home, if it doesn't um, enhance your experience of life in any way or isn't useful, why have you got it? Like, and it's just the question. It's just that question, you know, not forcing anybody to change. But, um, but yeah, I suppose when you go on your own journey, I suppose you can't really expect people to go on the journey with you. You have to do yeah. that bit yourself. But the good thing is you will find other people who are also on their separate journeys and you'll meet up with these random people and you'll create a new little bubble um, of other like-minded people. But you still have your old friends, your family who are on their own path, but you'll just love them from a distance, um, metaphorically or, or physically. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I have a group of friends who um, are not interested in Chris love it, the author. They're not interested in minimalism or decluttering, they, but they love me for me. So I've got yeah. that group of friends. And then I've got these other um, group of friends who are growth mindset, you know, always learning. And I hang out with them at different times. So it's almost like I've got different pockets for different things, you know, different social yeah. settings and things like that. But yeah, I think uh, if other people are not um, on your journey, that's okay. But learn to love from afar I think we'll be back after a quick break hi this is Ross the host of smells like humans each week we talk about the curious things that people do fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends if you like light-hearted conversation personal stories and a hint of psychology chances are we are discussing something relevant to you like relationships, dreams, phobias, weddings, work, cults, a hundred topics and counting. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please click the link in the show notes. Do you know what? That is the exact advice that I heard in uh, the book that we've just finished reading. It's called Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. Have you heard of her? I've not, she's but like, clearly I need to check that out. Yeah, she's amazing. And she was saying about how um, like people are all on their own journey. And just because that you are this far along, like you sometimes get frustrated with people. Actually, you've got to just either bring them along with you and like yeah. try and inspire them or just like... Yeah, just be like, okay, well, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, that's it, Frank. I mean, so yeah. being a being a being a coach, right? What I learned is that um, you can give all the advice you want, uh, but unless that individual 
does it you know does it themselves on their own terms a bit of their own ideas and things like that they're never going to copy you so you know i've had certain little situations in my personal life at the moment where the old chris would have gone why don't you just do this this way you know why don't you do this that's and me just, that's oh, me yeah, just launch oh, loads shit. of shit <laughs> no, no, okay. but there was a time in place like they just launch a load of things how i see stuff right um, and then sometimes it doesn't land and sometimes they have to go on their own journey. It takes longer for, for those people. That's true, because sometimes as well, you need to hear something a couple of times from different people, don't you? Like, I feel like yeah. I've heard the same advice from a couple of people and it didn't apply to me back then. And then when I hear it again, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. But it is very frustrating. I feel like, especially with the law of attraction, because that is very specifically just living your best fucking life and just, you know, yeah. amplifying life. That I sometimes do look at people that, around me that have no interest in it, will openly say that they don't believe in it. My yeah. dad, fun. Yeah. And I just think, surely, can you not see the glow up that my life has had? Can you not see the results? And that's what I love most about this work that we do is that it's not immediate, but yeah. over time, it becomes really apparent. Like, And I think for my mum, certainly because they don't understand what a bloody podcast is like they don't no, they can't see it they same, can't touch it the same with my they parents. don't know but for, I've, I realized for my parents it's like the money when the money starts yes. to come that's when they realize like oh oh so you are successful at this thing this is a real thing yeah. and yet they still don't take my goddamn advice <laughs> so yes. I find it very very frustrating and I must admit especially with my dad when he sits there moaning about the hundredth thing that day I just sort of go oh yeah terrible I just think I no, you're not yeah. ready to listen to yeah. the answers. Yeah, and and, and some, some people never. Be, yeah, okay, and some people will never be ready. And um, again, that kind of goes back to you know, love people from afar because you know, there's only so much you can do. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, Fran. I'm totally with you. I think the the generation that sometimes that we've like our parents have been brought up in is that their view of success was material. So it was how big's your house, car, job, mm. money. And, you know, especially for me, when you start to let go of that stuff, you then, in their eyes, you then become unsuccessful because you don't have those uh, yeah. the materials, you know, success or, or maybe the Westernized culture that we've been brought up in and things like that. And, uh, and yeah, but, and so money might not necessarily now be the biggest um, metric of success, of success. Exactly. It might it Wouldn't might you be, say time and freedom is? time and freedom oh collect yeah a collection of experiences and yeah all of that stuff like because you know i I saw a a cartoon the other day about um going to someone's funeral right and whenever you go to funeral they always tell you stories about the individual you know you know wonderful things they did places they went you know impact they had on friends and family they never go oh you had a great watch we had a nice pair of shoes or anything like that (laughs) so you can't take the shit with you um but it's just that generation that they've been brought up in, and and, and sometimes that's the blocker. You know, sometimes the uh, the changing of the guard, as such, is a, is a is a difficult and long change. Some people will change really quickly, and other people are, are just starting their journey. So, yeah. yeah, sorry, I just noticed out the corner of my my daughter's standing there with her ass fully out. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> scratching your butt <laughs> um have you read the book the sorry <laughs> um have you read the book um rich dad poor dad that reminds me 
I've not read that one yet. Um, but I oh, have heard you've of it. gotta, you've got to. It's actually quite boring. But one of the things that I remember from it, <laughs> it, it really is. I've never made it. Give, all the, way give it a blinkist version, like the five minutes. <laughs> so basically, the thing that I do remember from it is it says that as you earn more money in your life, as you get up to that next pay packet that next promotion you have all these visions of like oh I'm going to start having a bit more free time or I'm not going to be as stressed because money won't be as tight and but actually all people do is they get bigger liabilities so a bigger house a more expensive car and then it's you're still in the same situation and so it never really matters how much money you earn you're always in that same mind of only having just that amount of money which is so wild that people never seem to recognize that um that that happens to them like when you get a pay rise you think what am I going to do with this extra 400 pound a month maybe I'll save maybe I'll do this it just fucking it it just goes Goes, into the it's absorbed and you're in the same situation unless you consciously make the decision to change which yeah yeah, which is just also we've done a book called um get rich like a bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas have you heard of her I'm sorry I feel like I do you know this person do you know this person (laughs) Feel free to say it's, like friends, like, it's like friends library like, you borrowed this one borrowed this it was this one do you know what you've got to read. it is it's <laughs> it is aimed at women but it's all about the energetic um set points of money and about how we can just decide how much we want to earn and yeah. we did it and i doubled my income in a month and it was just yeah, like that's... she said it's just you get used to whatever amount you have. You always end up with the same amount in your bank account at the end of each month, no matter how much you earn. And you'll never go above a certain amount. And I was like, do you know what? You're right. And Mm. then when you consciously make the decision, it's like, anyway, my mind was blown. The question I want to ask you, (laughs) I'm going to stop throwing authors at you now. How do you think decluttering, not just your possessions, but your life? Bohemia, please play with the cat quiet please um i'm gonna declutter a child in a minute anyone want one Um, (laughs) how do you think decluttering not just your possessions but your your life your time your friendships your your response i mean one thing i have to declutter is business ideas the Mm. amount of times i get a business idea and have to be like fran do not make an instagram page for it do not make (laughs) a go just stop Stop yeah. right now. This is the five. Stop buying the domain name. Domain names. Yeah. You've got about 50 domain Stop names. collecting domain names. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to really declutter that because it, it ain't good for me. But how do you think it might seem obvious, but like that is going to help people to reach their goals and reach their potential by just getting rid of all this stuff around us? Yeah, it's um, it's really important because, you know, like you said, it's the, our, our default is the material possessions around us because we see it all the time. You know, we're, we're surrounded by uh, books, DVDs, spare cables, tools, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, ideas, apps, all the stuff on our phones, emails, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. We can all um, we can all do a little bit of a spring clean with with all of that, and um, it really makes you stop and question how important the actual thing is that you're looking at, holding the ideas you've got in your head. Um, so I did this test with, a, with a, a coaching client of mine recently who is very similar to you, Frank. Like loads of ideas, very creative, um, wants to you know change the world, wants to help everybody. Um, and I was like, right, write down the top 10 things that are going on for you right now. And so she wrote them all down. And I went, now cross out nine of them. 
And she went, what? I was like, cross out nine of those things. And she went, oh, well, they're all really important. Like, Let's cross out nine of those things. And so over time, maybe that took about 10, 15 minutes, she went through and crossed out nine of those things. I was like, right, what is left? And she told me what it was. And I was like, right, sort that bit out first. The rest can go. And then once you've done that one thing. Deferred can... or deleted? Just deferred. I've got, I've got a meeting with her tomorrow. We'll find out. Um, okay. So, so, yeah. And then, you know, the next thing was bring back the remaining nine things and cross eight off. Um, yeah, so it's just laser really focus on one. One and get it, get it done. And, um, you know, you'll realise that if you've picked the right one, you know, you'll be in a flow state, you'll get it done and it will really connect with who you're trying to be, what you're trying to do, et cetera. If you started doing it and you're really not feeling it, you know, you realise that you've, you've made the wrong choice and you can choose again and things like that. So, so yeah, decluttering ideas and decluttering, especially for creatives, is really quite important because um, unless you start doing something, that that's all they are is just ideas. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be known for having great ideas, but then not following through with any of it. And so, yeah. you know, so even like I had the same thing, friends, like writing this book, I'd started writing a few articles and I was like, oh, it's, you know, there's probably something here. And I kept procrastinating about it. I was like, oh, sure, I could write a book one day. And, uh, and my friends would say, oh, yeah, you should, you should. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy to be an author. Like, who am I? I've failed English. I'm just a random working class bloke from South London. Like, I'm not an author. And then the more people kept saying to me, oh, you should do it. You should do it. I was like, okay, yeah, I should. And then focused on doing that and um, got it done. And so that's now done. And I can then move on to the next thing and have this kind of suite of, you know, offerings and services that hopefully add value to, to people's lives and, not clutter up their lives because they're all experiences, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's really important to to kind of stay a bit laser focused. I know sometimes it's difficult because of everything we're bombarded with, life, yeah. social media, Netflix, you know, all of this stuff is really quite tempting. Um, but yeah, if we're really into the thing that we want to be achieving, then uh, we'll go and get it done. Yes, definitely. And also picking something that is going to make a tangible difference to your life. I remember one book we read, <laughs> sorry, by Jack Canfield. Oh, so there's a theme here. <laughs> Do you know what? I've been doing a book club for a year and I it has changed my life. Oh, Just brilliant. something as simple as reading 12 self-development books a year. I feel like I've spent a year in India with a, a Buddhist monk teaching me about his life it's the most insane thing um but no what was I gonna say in the power of focus is saying that quite often we're like right today I'm gonna do this whereas actually you need to look at the task what is the one task that is actually gonna propel you forward and yeah. quite often ignore that to do like the easy thing and I feel like yeah. at the moment I'm creating my first course and you better believe I was yes. scrubbing my microwave door. I was scrubbing my microwave door to avoid starting doing <laughs> I was literally <laughs> colour coding my books. I was doing anything to avoid yeah. starting it. Why do we uh, do it to ourselves? It's self-sabotage. Oh, it's, um, yeah. it's funny because I've, I've not got a microwave, thank God, because I don't have to scrub that. Um, I'm trying. But, is, that a, is that a health choice? Yeah, it's just another thing in the kitchen. Me I don't too. Need. Um, it's bad for you. I do not let my children stand anywhere near it. Oh, really? The radiation. Of well, course. Yeah, radiation. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, this is, yeah, I've heard of this, but I've I clearly not, I've not read a book on it. You probably have. Um, I have. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it was just another thing in the kitchen that took up space. You know, I don't have the biggest of homes. And so the space I do have, I want to use it for the most important items. And so having a huge fucking microwave on in my kitchen it weren't going to work um, for me. So that's a life choice. Can I have so- a challenge with you? Can I, mm. can I challenge you to a, to a duel? Because I'm about, <laughs> I, I, I'm not one to brag, but I'm going to brag. How many square feet is, do you live in? You and Hayley, oh, right? Do you live uh, together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many square feet? Oh, I don't know. I'm rubbish at measurements. Um, oh, well, for fuck's a, sake. Come it's on. A two, it's a two, I'm going to have to look at right move and see what the Two bedroom? Food. Are you about to say two bedroom? <laughs> yeah, two, uh, two bedrooms. Yeah, we've got two bedrooms, um, one bathroom, one living room, um, and a kitchen. Yeah. And, oh, I'm uh, sorry. That is very, very excessive. I, I know, right? Outrageous. I why, lived, why are you not living I in a tiny a- home? <laughs> Well, do you know what? I'm going to send you a YouTube link and I'm actually going to put it in the show notes below as well. Me and Bohemia lived in 500 square feet, one bedroom apartment in London for a year and a half. And we used to Airbnb every other weekend. So we had to have all our stuff like away invisible. And I was so proud of my minimalism that I actually made an entire YouTube video just to basically just to brag and be like, guys, I live with a toddler and look, this is my house. And it was like... I was so proud of it. And I tell you, when we lived in London, we had so much leisure time because I was never tidying up. I was never cleaning. Yeah. I had a cleaner yeah. once a week. There was nothing clean. It was one big room. Like it was, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. And now there's three of them and we live in a house with a garden and bedrooms. I'm telling you, I'm basically an unpaid cleaner. So I'm going to send you that link because I'm very proud. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, no. And you should, and you say you should be, mate. So you should be. But, yeah, I mean, our the space that we live in, it's our space of calm. Um, and so, you know, in the, the house that we rent at the moment, I've lived in seven places this year. Um, oh, wow. I, I did. I, I tried out the digital nomad thing, um, which was super fun. So, yeah, lived in Devon for a few months, lived in Cornwall for a little <gasps> bit, peaked this street. Oh, what a dream. No. It yeah. yeah, it was lovely. It was great. Um, and Are uh, you still doing that now? We've... Well, we're still renting, so we don't own a place, but I'm renting a place in Sussex now for... Oh, I love Sussex. Yeah. So for the next kind of of six to 12 months, we'll be here. Um, But then after that, who knows? So, um, so yeah, again, lots of experience and living in different places and, and things like that. So all adds to the... Well, that's the growth and things like that. But yeah, the home, home life is, is important because we spend most of our time there, especially now. And it's yeah. probably the most expensive thing we're ever going to own. Um, and we, a lot of people just fill it for the junk. And it's, yeah. it's really, really sad. And in, in the, I think it was in the 80s, there was a comedian called George Carlin. He's dead now, bless him. And um, he was saying, he said that houses were just like boxes filled with stuff with a lid on. And we just when we ever we moved house, we just moved our stuff to the next box. It was an even bigger bigger box, and we just bought more stuff in to fill it up. And we moved house. God, again. That's depressing. And then we bought all that moved all our stuff into the bigger box with a bigger lid. Um, yeah, and it was that was kind of really interesting to me. I was like, yeah, we just drag all of our useless shit around with us for the for all of our lives, and then when we die, our 
family have to deal with it and after oh, that yeah. and uh so so yeah and it's no it's no um coincidence now fran that you've seen loads of tv programs all of a sudden start to come up on this topic so you've seen yeah. uh, sort your life out on bbc one prime Stacey time Sullivan's sold your job Stacey <laughs> Solomon, yeah um you've got you know all these types of antique hunter type shows where you know we've got antiques roadshow people are taking their old crap how much is it worth and then when they go it's worth yeah. 50 grand and like, what do you want to do with it oh well, i'm gonna keep it for seven great just use the cash go on holiday um yeah and so there's you know, all of the you know tiny house nations another one you know lots of cleaning oh, would you like shows. to live in a tiny house is that a goal of yours to live in a tiny house i have or for no? a little bit yeah i have for a little bit Ooh. but the thing is it's like when so i've got a dog as well and a, a partner so that way of living suits me but when you've got other people as well who that might not necessarily be for them you have to get rid of both of them chuck them out <laughs> how minimalism, on minimalism. yeah big club of people do you know what I'm just thinking, I think that you should contact BBC and say, because I do like that sort your life out. But one thing I will say is that they have an organiser. They have Stacey Solomon and they have that guy that is a carpenter. But hoarding is a mental condition. And the problem is, is you see Stacey Solomon put all these fucking labels on things and she puts all that will be back to a shithole in a month. And actually they don't have someone there working on the mindset at all. So I think you should put yourself forward and I, my mentor is Paul C. Bronson, you know, the uh, married at first sight guy. And he said that you have to position, you have to like um, ask for meet and greets with TV production companies. So you should find out the production company that show and say you are missing a vital element of hoarding here and you're really oversimplifying it why am i giving you life advice now i'm not a life coach well, Sam, <laughs> but i do guess, think you should guess do what that. i did guess what i did last week don't tell me well that, you know exactly what i just said yeah so um i know who the production company is and i know that they are oh, looking so in sync i know right so they're looking they're looking for families to take part in season two right so um, I've re- already reached out to them and I've said, you know, this is one a wonderful show, right? And it has the potential to be even better if you actually work on some of the mindset stuff because, yeah. yes, the practical bit is the very, very first step. Letting go of that stuff will give you those short-term um, wins of space, money, you know, calm. You know, you see the, how happy these couples are after they've got rid of, you know, 60 70% of their shit. But exactly what you said, in six or 12 months, it's, you know, something else is going to fill that void and it might be more stuff. So underneath all of the stuff that I've written in the book, there has to be a reason. You know, why are you, why do you want to have less? Why do you want to live and, and declutter your stuff? Unless people connect with that reason, they will fill that void with other things. It might be bad habits. It might be addiction. It might be rebuying more stuff, just newer. Uh, so all of these other things they must Bloody be aware. Hell. Um so, so you get it... rid of your shoe collection and you take up a crack habit. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> I know. Okay. It would be a new habit instead. You know, the new thing would be in. But um but yeah, so for me, for me, my wine, almost like the carrot that was dangling, was that I want to have adventures, I want to go travelling. And the thing is I yeah. can't take twenty pairs of Converse with me on travel going travelling. I can't take my free TVs in a two bed flat. Um, no. and so if I get rid of this stuff, I can achieve this and people, if, you know, so there must be something underneath that for people to achieve 
And if it is calm, space, time, that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, make sure that is explicit and, and overt when they do these, these shows. But it's a great show. Um, but, yeah, like I'm saying, we can, we can take it to the next level. You'd be brilliant on there. I'm going to oh, tweet him and say, actually, I haven't got Twitter, but I, I, I honestly, I can see it in your future. I feel like you're going to do that. Okay, so I don't know how long we'll be going, but it's definitely more than half an hour, which is my usual episode length. And uh, my child is still awake, which is not a good sign. She'll be <laughs> devil tomorrow. Um, but your book is called... I take full responsibility for that. <laughs> it is actually full. She yeah. wanted to stay oh, up yeah. and see who you were. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, your book is called Discovery of Less, How I Found Everything I Wanted Underneath Everything I Owned. And I have read, I'd say, 20% of it. And I am fully, I'm going to suggest this as a book club book in the future because my book club bitches, they do love decluttering and it is a vital part of manifesting the life that you want. Where can we find you? What is your Instagram? What's your website? How can we hire you as a simplicity coach? Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, lessisprogress.com is uh, my website. And you can find me on Instagram, just Chris. Love it, really. Just look for the guy with the big hair. Not very minimalist hair, all, all facial hair. Oh, um, get rid so, of it. Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. Um, That's always my answer, get rid of it. Get rid of it, exactly. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah, and, and the book is you know available wherever you would buy a book. So uh, all the good online bookstores and some average ones too. But yeah, I'm... I'm um, my my use of social media has changed because I was all like constantly scrolling and, and then getting pissed off that I was scrolling and you know time would disappear. So I use we Instagram. We all know that feeling. Oh, oh yeah. So um so yeah, so I'm on Instagram but uh, I I only put on stuff that I think will add value to people. So I don't um you know clog up my own timeline with, with with stuff so so yeah so i'm on there and um, check me out and it'd be lovely to connect with people also linkedin right i've started to use linkedin quite a bit recently linkedin what year yeah. are we in i know it's 1992 right? what's happening I know. I know right it's really strange because you know some of the people that inspire me including yourself um i go on there and i'm like how can i learn more from these people because different platforms offer different things and, and you know so i like to try and learn as much as i can to, to, and, uh, and help other people so yeah i'm on there as well um, so yeah okay. find me and let's connect and be lovely to to meet brilliant all right then well thank you for being on i'll leave your links down below as well and um you can find him on instagram you can hire him as a simplicity coach you can buy his book you can do what you goddamn like i'll see you next week law of attraction has changed my life it's gonna change yours too bye what up bitches it's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life i think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work their teachings into a book that often costs less than 10 pounds it's incredible to me and i am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey and you know i have the uk's biggest self-development book club there's over three thousand of us reading along each month but maybe you're thinking fran i ain't got time to read who do you think i am barbara cartler no, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um 
cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands, or maybe you're a crafter and you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go, or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book, but you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30 day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, So check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below.